0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on a brutal night of European football and get ready for the return of the SPFL. Dundee United are hammered 7-0 in Alkmaar to crash out of the Europa Conference League. It looks like it won't be Alex Collado but Ange Postacoglu says Celtic could still do transfer business and Stevie Hamill says recruitment is key to Motherwell improving as he take the reins at Fur. Park. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Kenny Miller and Hugh Evans. Dundee United's result last night for me betrays the truth about our Premiership clubs and Europe. Rangers have, for the last three years, under two different managers, been absolutely outstanding in European competition. But the rest, I'm afraid, are inadequate. Also, runs. We've had Celtic going out of three European competitions last season to the likes of FC Mitchelland and to Bodo Glint from the Arctic Circle. Now we've got Muddle going out to Sligo Rovers without scoring a goal against them, home or away, and Dundee United were humiliated in Holland. The only saving grace is that it was 7 0. It could and should have been 10 0. We are. Rangers apart A European irrelevance Nice positive note to start the show on <laughs> I've done well to hold my laughing For that long there Absolutely nailed it to be honest uh, the, the the only kind of little thing I, no, It's not a disagreement It's I felt Celtic in the Europa League A few seasons back were pretty good Winning the game Home and away against Lazio Beating Leipzig These types of things So uh, And I think it was actually on the show Where the coefficient points were put up And at that point Celtic were ever so slightly ahead of Rangers as well That will have been Rangers of a clip start now Right enough Making the Europa you, you, League final last year You said it yourself Kenny yeah. A few seasons Yeah it was ago. a couple of seasons No you're right You're right here At least and, to get uh, to the group stages though I think that would be the obvious distinction Wouldn't it But uh, yeah it was I think when you look at the Outside of the, of the old firm teams The uh, the performances obviously In Motherwell and Dundee United have, have, It doesn't show up great for our game uh, Losing to Sligo And like QC is didn't, I think that for me never even looked like scoring never mind didn't score never even looked like scoring and uh, last night was uh, it was a capitulation to be honest uh, it just looked like the, when mm-hmm. the first goal went in and definitely the second goal went in uh, lost all confidence in anything mm-hmm. or, or even trying to get back into that game and football doesn't stand still though Hugh Keevans great to have the SPFL back yep. after a busy midweek of European action the transfer window still bubbling away as well and uh, some great fixtures for us to preview tonight and there is the funny point about it all. In terms of Europe, Rangers apart, we don't count at the moment. But the domestic product is attractive and it's becoming more attractive to those who want to show it on television. We might be a three-ring circus at times. We might be guilty of all sorts of crazy behaviour at times. But the product is enjoyed by the fans who are turning out in bigger and bigger numbers. There will be Rangers St. Johnston and Don't Fancy St. Johnston's chances there. You've got a new Motherwell manager going to Aberdeen. Don't fancy his chances there. You've got Celtic going to Kilmarnock on Saturday, Sunday. How difficult will that be? Because the weather is very hot. Mother, the Kilmarnock won't water that pitch at all. It'll be like playing on a field of Velcro for Celtic. So we'll see if they can... Rise above all of that So yeah a Great weekend in prospect Dundee United At Tynecastle Well after they beat 
Alkmaar in the first leg I thought they would really kick on from there And they lost to Livingston Now they've been humiliated by Alkmaar They can't possibly go to Tynecastle and win can they? 01419511025 That is the number you need tonight Maybe you do want to look back on Last night's events in Alkmaar Any Dundee United out fans out there Brave enough to pick up the phone And let us know how you're feeling If you can even begin to sum it all up Maybe there are some Neutral observers out there Who want to have their say on the matter as well Please do, we'd love for you to join us 01419511025 Or Twitter at Clyde SSB Ange Postacoglu spoke today Talking about transfer business There will be no Rio Hitati uh, For this weekend's game Alex Collado linked this week Looks like he's going elsewhere Stevie Hamill spoken publicly for the first time uh, Since taking over at Motherwell Also So any Motherwell fans out there Now is your time 01419511025 1025 A 7-0 defeat the joint worst for a Scottish club in Europe I think five goals conceded In 15 minutes Kenny Obviously If Alkmaar had just knocked Dundee United out In routine 2-0 fashion We would not really be Batting an eyelid tonight Because there would be no shame to that The football Food chain if you like Suggests that Alkmaar should knock Dundee United out But the manner of it I think shocked everyone hasn't it? It was And it, like I said it was For 20 minutes Actually not too bad uh, But the minute that first goal went in And then by the time it gets to half I think it was the 21st minute The first goal goes in And by half time it's 5-0 that, it's, it's, It beggars belief That there's been 5 goals conceded in 24 minutes uh, And you think even at 2-0 You're just thinking right okay You could see Altmar were coming on top And they were constantly pressing And, and looking for these And just to absolutely go for the jugular you're just think, looking for someone on that pitch. Is it, is it a, a Charlie Mulgrew at the back? Uh, just to get a hold of things. Even even your Tony Watts and guys like that who have been kind of in and about and experienced European football just to try and say, look, let's try and get regroup, get back together and get to half time and let the manager kind of rejig things, maybe make a few changes, change to the shape, personnel, whatever. But, but that, listen, half time the game's done. It is now. It is damage limitation And then you concede Within the first minute Of the second half So it wasn't great I said it doesn't show up Great for our game Or Dundee United After a wonderful result Obviously I mean it does stink A little bit of The game that I played In all the years ago Beating Holland <laughs> With an Arsenal it team 1-0 like And it? then you lose 6 Going away to Holland Through the week So See when they uh, do start Reining in like that I mean it, it, Is it easy for Me And other people Sitting on the couch To say how, how does that keep happening? Does there become is there a psychological issue there where you feel like the floodgates have opened and it it, it becomes difficult well, to stop? There's no doubt the floodgates open, and when you look at again, I think there was a few goalkeeping errors within that as well that that you can't legislate for, and particularly the, I think it was the third when he came up for the corner and and completely misses the punch, and ultimately I think that was the the the, the real killer blow. Uh, even the fourth, I think even the second kind of bounced. Bounced over I don't think he covered His own glory On on a number of the goals Last night So It doesn't help When, I, when you've got that I take your point Gordon uh, About the food chain And uh, You know At the highest levels Of the game in Holland They should be Knocking out Clubs At Dundee United's level In Scotland But It was the manner Of it all it That could was have the been, point I was trying to make It could have been Ten And where would we be Today If it had been The ten That it should have been you know, where would Jack Ross be? These players, Dundee United as a club, they have to be careful. You know, they've got one point 
in the league and they're going to Tynecastle, um, which is not where you want to go after the mauling that you've received in midweek. Uh, I, I just think that the manner of it was alarming. Uh, let's bring in Ronnie, who's on the line, wants to discuss it. Ronnie, what are your thoughts? Hiya, Hugh. Nice to see the panel. Um, it's about last night, and being two, two weeks ago, Motherwell got slated, and rightly so, when they never scored a goal against the fifth, fifth place team in the Irish division. Last night, the United Brewery were planned. They were 1 0 at the first leg. It was absolute night and day compared to the first leg at Paradise, where the big crowd played well, deserved their 1 0 lead. They got absolutely hammered. It's all over Europe. People are looking at their papers this morning, all over Europe, and seeing a running them out, A Red Altmark team beating a top team in Scotland 7 0. It's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed about Scottish football fans. And you defended Jack Ross recently, Hugh, a couple of weeks ago. He's got a big, big part to play as well as the players on that disaster in Holland last night. I, I would not disagree, Ronnie. I did uh, defend him, but last night was indefensible. I think if it had gone to double figures, he might have come under pressure. And that may sound ridiculous because he only took the job at the start of the season. However, there are certain things that go on that are watershed moments. Uh, he did have the feel-good factor when he beat Altmar at Tannadice. And I've never known a mood swing to come so quickly and so emphatically. To go from the feel-good factor mm. at Tannadice to what happened last night in Amsterdam is incredible. And Jack has to be mm. careful now. I understand why Graham Alexander was removed at Motherwell after the Sligo Rovers business because Graham Alexander had been for quite some time in a questionable position as manager at Motherwell. He was not the fans' favourite he was not doing an outstanding job and Sligo Rovers, that was the final nail. For Jack Ross, he's lucky. He's only just in the door. He'll get away with this, but he now has to recover from it. I think the contrast as well, Kenny, is maybe what makes it... Look, any any 7 nils alarming, right? But last week, they were actually they were very good. They won the game. They deserved to win the game. They played well. There was so much to like about the performance. So you can understand why... Albeit it was bound to be more difficult You can understand why there was a certain level of Optimism or hope Call it what you will going into yesterday Of course there was Because of the, of the level of performance that you've seen last week And and you're also thinking right we've, we've got a clean sheet Can we go away? Can we defend well? Can we? Because they did have a couple of chances earlier in the game In that first 20-25 minutes I mean it was a wonderful save for the keeper For the, the kind of bicycle kick for Hearts I think that would have been 1-1 at the time But that was pretty much probably the only highlight uh, of, of the game or the, the real opportunity of the game but when you go there I just think there's there's certain things and I've been in times where you, you have a really really good performance and you're trying to play a certain way and you just pretty much go and do the same types of things and expect to, like, the same results Altmar might have came last week and completely underestimated Dundee United they might not have been up for it they might have just thought you know what let's get through we know we've still got another leg and it looks like on last night's show on that's exactly what they, they never turned up last week mm. and Dundee United played at the top and they, and they, and they capitalised on a subpar performance from a, from a decent team I wouldn't say they're a, they're, they're a brilliant team but last night they were absolutely punished and Hugh's right it is, it's not fortunate you've lost 7-0 because 7-0 is a horrific scoreline but it could have been worse even towards the end there was 3 or 4 really good chances in that last 10 minutes How does this compare and I'm, I'm probably going to regret this right because I don't want to spend 
between now and 8 o'clock Arguing whether Alkmaar are much worse than Celtic and Rangers Or much better or the same That's not really the point If we can be very general about it They would be in the same ballpark Yes Alkmaar to Rangers and Celtic Close-ish I would, I, would say, I would say they're not as good Not as good But yeah. the point I'm trying to make is They're not miles yeah. off um, would, it, would it be acceptable for Rangers or Celtic what would the reaction be like if Dundee United lost 7 0? Do you know what I mean? How does it compare to yeah. that sort of well, thing? Which might happen. It has happened before. Uh, I think Boyd, Boyd scored 5 at Ibrox yeah. one night. Actually, got sent off down to 10 men. <laughs> and it was a 7 0. 7 1, it might have been that Did night. You actually. It? I don't know. Willie Collum got it all wrong. Doesn't but, sound uh, like something he would do. <laughs> but, uh, but again, it's happened before and, and it'll happen again because Rangers and Celtic are both capable of doing that to anybody in the league. Uh, and I think had it been. Like I said, it's happened before, you know, and, and there'll be the the immediate aftermath will be pointing all the words, hmm. mauling, humiliating, all these words will be used again, and then you move on because the next game's three days later, you know. So Jack's got a chance now with his team to go to Hearts and try and put that to bed. You know, it'll be tough because Hearts are a very, very good team, yeah. but they demand a response. Ronnie said that Motherwell out to the fifth best team in the League of Ireland at the time when they played Motherwell, and that's correct. Dundee United were the fourth best team in Scotland last season. And yeah, but they're the ninth best team if you go on the current league table. Come on, yeah, don't be selective. Yeah, yeah. But fourth best team in Scotland. And Tam Courts deserves a lot of credit. And when you looked at United, first day of the season at Kilmarnock, very unfortunate. Ash Taylor's time added on goal. They lose two points there. But what happened is... We cannot say it's inexplicable because we're here trying to give you an explanation. But it's unforgivable. It was unprofessional to lose that number of goals in such a short space of time. And Jack Ross has to take his share of the blame and the players on a collective or individual basis have to take the blame and they have to be careful that this result does not set them back for weeks. Here's what he had to say, Jack Ross. It's very obvious, like I say, we're nowhere near the levels we need to be, to be competitive in the game tonight. Um, playing against a good team in a tough venue, of course we are, but um, in no circumstances should we concede six goals in a 21-minute period or 26-minute period, whatever it was. We um, we lost our way in that first half in terms of our discipline and our work off the ball, and we're punished for it. So it's a sore, sore evening for the players and me. Um, it's always my responsibility as a leader of the group, and so any criticism that will come and we will get that should fall upon my shoulders but yeah really really difficult night for us the players received every bit of applaud and praise last week and they deserve to do so but in terms of the criticism or frustration aimed at me because it's always my choices when into a game and my preparation um, so I would just reiterate appreciation apology in terms of the level we produced but it just gives us an added determination then to get back to this level Kenny's in Guruk he's got thoughts as well for us Kenny Good evening, how are we? Good, thank you, good. Yeah, I watched the game, I watched the first game, and I watched last night as well. Now, I'll name my colours to the flag right away, I'm a Rangers supporter. Um, sure, I heard you saying there that Dun United finished fifth, was it fifth you say in the league, fourth. yeah? Fourth. fourth. Fourth, sorry, my mistake, I apologise. But how many points were behind Rangers, who were five points or four points behind Celtic, right? Um I really think it's time we're limited how many teams we allow into Europe. I know it doesn't go down well, but we can't keep getting humiliated and the coefficients going down the pan. It's embarrassing. It well, really well, is. That's not really the way it works, though, Kenny. I mean, UEFA gives you a number of places. Are we supposed to refuse them? And technically, and yes, I get what you... And I can foresee your 
reaction to this Because Rangers have played a big part Celtic have in years gone by But the coefficient isn't actually going down the pan is it That's why we've got a team in the group stages And that's why Hearts are guaranteed European football uh, Until after Christmas I know, I know Christmas, that, I can understand that Rangers have done it almost single-handedly but Again, yeah. it's just, but Kenny, that's just no true right? And I know the way the rivalry works in this city And last season, Rangers outperformed Celtic in Europe Everybody knows that And in the last couple of seasons, Rangers have been very strong But it's factually incorrect to say that they've single-handedly Got the coefficient to where it is They've played a massive part in improving it But it's just not true I'll change that and say they're a major and they were their own worst enemies by getting Celtic into the the, the, the group stages. Auto, sorry, yeah, the group stages automatically. Yeah, through Rangers' good work the season before, Celtic benefits that by winning the league last year. And I'm not going to take that away from Celtic. That was great. Yeah, for, for them. Yeah, but you know we done the hard work. Um, Celtic, they've not been great over the last couple of years in Europe. Um, so, but Motherwell to get beat home and away anybody can get beat a one off but you would expect Motherwell to get something out. I don't did, did they score a goal in the two legs no thanks thanks no. for reminding us I mean Hugh look no one's going to disagree with the sentiment Motherwell's yeah. result embarrassing Dundee United result embarrassing do we need to find this magic formula to make our teams better in Europe yes as always, we tread a fine line in this country between getting hysterical about things. You know, what, what we're now talking about, banning anyone else from taking part in European competition. Well, on the Come basis on. of the last three years, you'd have Rangers in Europe and the rest would not get a place. But, but again, see when you say that, what do you mean? Celtic weren't good in Europe last season, everybody knows that. But I think they finished third in the Europa League group. There was some good results in there. It's not enough to bar them from European no, I'm competition. Not suggesting, no, I'm not suggesting... Well, you said you would have Rangers in and no one else. No, Going on Kenny's rule of thumb He'd have Rangers in and nobody else Because nobody else appeals to, to Kenny I always laugh when uh, Rangers or Celtic fans bring up the coefficient <sighs> Rangers and Celtic fans don't care about the coefficient They care about Rangers and Celtic doing well The Rangers fans hope that Celtic do badly in Europe And the Celtic fans hope Rangers do badly in Europe That is the way of our world Simply trying to put into perspective what has been happening in recent times And for me, Rangers deserve immense credit under Steven Gerrard and now Giovanni Van Bronckers Because of the teams that they have met, the teams they have eliminated And the things that they have done, getting to a European final But the rest at the moment are simply inadequate And I'm, I'm, I take your point on board with hysteria And that's why I'm trying to use a word like Inadequate they, they have shown by their results And performances that they are In European terms Inadequate In case you're wondering what city you're in A discussion about Dundee United losing in Europe Has developed into an argument between Celtic and Rangers Great, just the way everyone loves it I think 01419511025 Good time to call, you could be up next You are the voice of Scottish football Call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans is in the building Kenny Miller's alongside him And they're taking your calls on that usual number 0141 951 1025 So whatever is on your mind tonight I mean it would be nice if it was about football But you never know This show takes us in some weird and wonderful direction So whatever is on your mind Share it with the guys And we'll have good fun between now and 8 o'clock Stuart is a Dundee United fan Sum up your feelings for us Stuart What was it like in person? 
Oh, just as bad as it looked on the TV, probably. Uh, one of the worst ever. You know, like, I've been to quite a lot of games in my time, and that's right up there in terms of the actual match experience, you know. On a real high from last week, and just kind of felt like everything kind of clicked into place last Thursday, and it were looking good, set up really well. And just a capitulation after the first goal went in. I actually thought we were pretty good for the first 20 minutes and scored a really good goal. And it just went to pot. And, you know, like it's such a big build up in terms of the game, etc. that you're really looking forward to it. It's so disappointing to end like that. Yeah, again, it's that shock factor that we spoke oh. about, Hugh. So if we, if we, let's give Dundee United the first 20 minutes then, right? And we'll give them the 90 from last week. Somehow, they've done all right for the majority of a of a two-legged tie but the yeah. bit that they didn't do all right in has absolutely ripped the full thing to shreds and then more I mean the, early on you're praising Charlie Mulgrew from the, the the moment Charlie got to Tannadice I've praised him because he's been immense for Dundee United fell apart last night Dylan Levitt from Manchester United signed on a permanent deal terrific player domestically last night nowhere and that was the story, Stuart, throughout your team. Yeah, I mean, sure, there's a pretty normal formula you would follow when a team loses a game. You, see, you know, where did it go wrong? Can you put your finger on it? How do you even begin to do that when it's a result like last night? Joe, you know, I actually think there's a real naivety to it last night. Um, you know, settle with a certain team. And if you go 2-0 down, you just get into half-time. You know, you bring Watt McGrath back into kind of a you know, midfield four, midfield five and just tighten up and get to half-time and you kind of address what the problems are, where they're getting to us from, and you kind of sort it out from there. I kind of felt like we continue to try and do the same things all the way through the first half. And, you know, like, don't get me wrong, the goals they scored were good, and when the boys hit the ball you know, from 20 yards, got in the bottom corner, the top corner, just the next one, etc. But I just felt like it was a really naive tactically. I, I don't know, I, I was praising Jack Ross to everyone last week. I thought he got spot on. Last night, uh, it was a wee bit of kind of... From fans, it wasn't too good at the end, directed towards him uh, when he came out to kind of applaud us. Um, I think, you know, Sunday is a massive game. We've got Hearts away Sunday and then we've got St Mirren at home. If we don't take anything on Sunday, we've got St Mirren and then we've got Celtic. If we don't win against St Mirren, you're starting to feel like you're in a bit of trouble. It's not going to be a good start to the season. I may be over-egging it slightly, but I think it's just the nature of the result. Yeah, I was I was wondering that, Stuart, about your your fear now because you're on cloud nine this time last week so th- th- does one night does one bad night now have you fearing for the season or are you confident this will be recovered from well the Livingston game was kind of just written off by us you know it was kind of seen as like oh, God, I had a great result on Thursday it is a come down after Thursday you know Tannadice is probably one of the best atmospheres I've ever been to and then it's quite flat and they're, they're a well organised side we don't have a good record against Livy and it's kind of just written off United fans weren't too bothered by it but it's kind of your bread and butter. You only need to win 14 games to get in the top six. And that's ultimately our aim. To be losing to Livy at home, and then going to get 7-0, and then going to Tynecastle, it just creates potentially a bit of kind of a bit of negative energy around the club quite early on in the season. I didn't kind of like the kind of the, the vile uh, kind of directed towards Jack Ross last night. He's he's in the job early, and I think he held his hands and said that he got, said that he got it wrong. But I think he could be on to hiding to nothing if we don't start picking up points the league soon. Kenny, what about last night then? Stuart puts a lot of really good points across about, well, various things, but in terms of the performance and what Dundee United could have done, you've played in a lot of big European games, international games. What did you recognise about what went wrong? Well, I think the, there's logic in do. You know, I think when you've got something to protect, 
you can you can absolutely go more defensive. You can play an extra defender. You can play an extra centre back and play three rather than your four. I mean, really, when you look at the way Dundee, United, I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the one thing I noticed straight away on the first goal. You've got Ian Hearts, who's a midfielder, and I'm not going to dive too much. This is the only point I'll make on it. Ian Hearts is one of your midfielders. He's been a midfielder since he's come. He's looking back on the rest of his team defending, right? So there's a small, small thing on the first goal. If he just dropped 10 yards to get connected with his midfield, I don't think that pass goes to where it goes, and I think there's an extra body in there to block it. Ian Hearts is a midfielder, in my opinion, when you're away in Europe, cannot be looking back on the other seven or eight players defending. And I don't. he looked like he was playing a little bit more higher, closer to uh, Stephen, Stephen Fletcher, Fletcher within the game. But when you're defending, he has to be back connected with his, with his midfield too. Of Levitt and I mean McGrath was in there. I think he was on off the right uh, and Sibold. I mean Sibold's that guy probably really. I think if you were to say who would be the more attacking, you would maybe say Sibold. Sibold's a wonderful footballer and by he does really really work hard. Something he doesn't get credit for. But for me, in these moments when you're back and you're pinned in and you're in a deep block, Hart should have been back, you know. But this is only my mm. observation. Jack might have not not wanted him back in there. You know, but I think about, these types of little things could have been different. What about in game? Because we, we, we would all acknowledge that hindsight's great, right? But in game, I mean, even having to make changes at the break, it's it's tough, isn't it? But was it two sort of wider players came on at the break? You're five 0 down. It's, it's done. Concede now. straight away. It's done anyway. Yeah. You concede straight away. That's not necessarily their fault. Just the full thing, really, from start to finish. There's well, one thing's for sure, right? There's no way Jack Ross wasn't getting information on his team when it was 2-0, when 3-0, and he was trying to influence it somehow. I do just think there was a, a real shock to the system for the actual players that nobody really... Or listen, Charlie Mulgrew might have been trying to get them together, but a lot of things went against them. The interception from Levitt that then falls to the, to the lad who scores the second goal was a bit unfortunate, but they were pretty open when, when you see the space that the ball yeah. went in. So the goalkeeper coming out, missing the punch, you're 3-0 down, and at that point... Forget half time. That for me, game's done then. Stuart makes game's the, done. Makes the pertinent point about Jack Ross. Jack has to be careful that this awful game in Amsterdam does not define United's season and his job as manager. Hearts on Sunday, I don't know where they find it from, but United are going to have to find mm. the backbone to withstand Tynecastle. Because uh, Hearts. Always a huge crowd, always full of themselves, good players, Barry Mackay playing out of his skin this early in the season. Jack Ross doesn't want yeah. to come away from there with one point out of nine and no Europe. And the Stewart says, all of a sudden, the cumulative effect is the next game against St Mirren becomes a powder keg. Stuart, forget all that. How was the trip? Ah, absolutely brilliant. You know, I, I'm mentally struggling today. You know, I, I'm, uh, this That's one is, way of putting it. That's like called a, a hangover where you're from, Hugh Keevans. Without doubt. <laughs> this is like a therapy session. You know, let it all out. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm just landed. I'm glad to be home. But what a trip. You know, it's, it, fans and that, just superb. Uh, you, know, you just don't... We, last time you were in Europe was 10 years ago. Last time I personally went away. The last one was uh, Moscow. I was in Athens uh, 12 years ago. And it, it's just a brilliant experience. It's good. It's... Uh, Amsterdam's a, a really accessible trip you know it's an hour and a half away you know the weather's good it, it, it was brilliant brilliant trip and you know I kind of I'm into mind about it you know if someone told me it was 7-0 before I went would I have gone and yeah, <laughs> yes. 100% yeah. I, mean, I knew you were going to say that what's Can it I... like in a two team town uh, are you a Dundonian Stuart yeah, yeah, well, yeah. What, what's it like in a two team town like that with the Dundee fans will give you what uh, for 
Well, I mean, they're, they're holding on to a two-all draw from last season, so uh, Tannadice, that's uh, and uh, they're the last team in Dundee to, qual- to get to a qualifier when they played Perugia, you know, like 20 years ago. So they've got our growth tonight. I was, I was in Amsterdam, so I'm not too bothered by it. <laughs> I was going to say, I've also heard Amsterdam described as many things accessible, Stuart says. <laughs> oh. I'm just going to leave that with you. Thank you very much. That was Stuart, who enjoyed his trip. That's the main thing. 7-0, forget it. Good trip. Thank you uh, to Stuart, who's just back one four one nine five one one zero two five. Alfie's also a Dundee United fan. Sum up your feelings, Alfie. Gordon, thanks for taking the call. Pleasure. I've just listened to Stuart there, and I feel he's way too uh, jovial about the whole situation. To be honest, I've, I'm I'm absolutely raging about how it all went last night. And I need to say that uh, listening to the show, um, I really feel like more could have been done. I mean. You know, we don't lose seven nil when we go to the, the, the two big teams in Glasgow. You know, quite obviously we were going to be under the cosh, and for us not to set up with a more defensive plan and protect our goal, I've got to say that, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Jack Ross has got uh, some serious questions to answer. You know, I've been listening to social media. There's been uh, looking in social media. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, comments to Hibs fans, let's say, for example, you know, he's this and he's that and all the rest of it. But uh, there's a lot of doubt in my mind at the moment about Jack Ross. And he's got some Middleton, Fletcher, you know, Tony Watts been there for last season, of course. We're in, we're in, we're in good shape in terms of names on the team sheet. But um, I'm, I'm feeling like Jack Ross, has got, I think he's been let off too easy with all this. And uh, I'm not about to say that my wife, could have set a team up to actually protect her goal a wee bit better and she might have got away with less than seven goals but um, I, I feel like uh, it's all a bit too jocular it's all a bit too mm. what, what do you mean what do you mean by that though Alfie because what, what's the next what's the next level of criticism that you want Jack Ross to receive when a manager does something wrong we tend to then talk about whether their job's in jeopardy but Jack Ross has just taken this job he's played two league games in two European games one of which was a good victory so we obviously can't really have those discussions, can we? Well, I, I listen, I'm not going there. I'm not. I'm not saying that his job's in jeopardy, but I feel like uh, he's kind of. This is this is a this is a shocker, and he's really been let off the hook a little bit too easy. I'm not saying a million percent, but I'm saying maybe you know fifty percent. He's been let off the hook here a wee bit here. There needs to be, you know, he needs to be pressed in this. This I think is an embarrassment. And, uh, you know, I'm not laughing about it. And, you know, I was in Amsterdam last night, so, you know... Maybe I think I that's why. I think that's why the, that's the difference. Alfie's just here raging, and Stuart's back merry having had some time in Amsterdam. But Alfie's absolutely correct. Uh, football fans have a certain vanity about them. And when their team is given a hiding of the type that Dundee United received last night, it cuts to the quick for the supporters. Jack Ross had all the goodwill in the bank last Thursday, a week past on Thursday. And all that goodwill has now been withdrawn from the bank. He doesn't have a shred of goodwill in the bank among the Dundee United supporters. Alfie is one of those who was at the bank first thing this morning to withdraw. But he's not, but he's not, he can't be in the overdraft, is what we're saying. How can you be at this stage? What, What he is now is he has to put up. A very good performance at Tynecastle. It would be understandable in 
the context of our league it would be understandable if Hearts won at home but thereafter St Mirren Celtic Jack Ross is now being examined by mm. scrutinised by Alfie and those like Alfie who don't find it funny at all who don't care about a fan caught on television sleeping in his seat who don't care about anything that was good though other than they've lost 7-0 and Alfie is taking that to heart it's been a long time since Hugh Keevans thought about his overdraft that's the only lesson I've taken away from this Alfie thank you very much 01419511025 get your thoughts in Dundee United fans I bet you never thought you would dominate the start of a Clyde 1 Super scoreboard in this way I'm sorry it's not for the right reasons if you want to add your thoughts please do where are you Celtic and Rangers fans then where are we today Ange Postacoglu says Celtic can do some more business uh, but they are not in negotiations with anyone just now uh, Alex Collado was one that had been mentioned it looks like he's going elsewhere what are your thoughts what needs to happen uh, any Rangers fans out there want to preview this game is it same old sort of home tie at Ibrox the low block as they say nowadays how the Rangers break that down there's been a change in the coaching staff this week as well so whatever you've got now is the time to share it 0141 951 1025 and we'll speak to you next 0141 951 1025 This is Scottish Football's League leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Kenny Miller are here 0141 951 1025 It is press conference day for some of the teams in the Scottish Premiership Ange Postacoglu has been speaking The key piece of team news for tomorrow No Rio Hitati won't be risked on the artificial surface mm. uh, So should be fine thereafter uh, He says he's flexible um, that players are what they are now looking for in the transfer he's flexible about the players sorry they're looking for in the transfer market he says the key to the right squad depth is, is what he's after uh, Alex Collado is a name we've mentioned a few times this week Barcelona it looks like he's going to Elche uh, in Spain won't be going to Celtic Ange Postacoglu said they weren't in negotiations with any player at the moment anyway um, and uh, here's what he had to say about what the next couple of weeks might look like Squad depth is the key for us this year in terms of our recruiting. Uh, when you look at, we kind of obviously did a lot of business last year and sort of tried to build a, a strong foundation. Um, as I said, signing Cameron and Jota was probably the most, well, the key part of our you know, transfer policy this year to make them permanent because we felt that, you know, they would improve us this year and because they're going to improve. Um, and then after that, it was about filling the gaps that I thought existed last year. Um, you know, we got stretched as a as a group, and there was some areas where we just were really light on in terms of players. And you know, our strategy has been to to try and strengthen the the, the squad. Um, you know, in those areas, and I think we've done that for the most part. There might be one or two areas, but I think for me, more important than sort of specific positions is just the right fit. Another player who can maybe play a couple of positions and 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 help us through our schedule and also be a, be a contributor at different levels. So um, that's kind of what we're looking for, I think. It's interesting, Kenny, because it sounds, well, he's, he's been pretty clear there, looking for players that can maybe play a number of positions, guys that can be versatile, can help you out a little bit. That's obviously what he's trying to identify. Understand the, the benefit of that. Is that something you think Celtic <clears throat> will look for? I think what I'll take for that as well, that he's, he's pretty happy with uh, the real solid guys in his squad that he's going to be hanging his hat on as the season moves forward i.e. a start in maybe 11 plus maybe another couple of guys who can return I mean if you think of the striker position 
I say that on the show a couple of weeks back, Kyogo for me would be your striker, but you've also got Jack Amakis here pushing him all the way for that jersey. So when you've got these kind of 14, 15 guys that you know, uh, and I think Celtic have probably got a few more to be honest with you, I think guys that are flexible, they can play a number of positions, particularly when you get deep into cup competitions, you're looking at Champions League group stages, a lot of travelling and things involved in that as well. You need a real strong squad and he's, he's, he's said that Angie's he's, he's really smart in the recruitment that he's done since he's came into the football club and now he does seem really happy and settled with the group that he has mm. and if he can just add, and I think what he did kind of allude to as well, it's the right type of character to come into that, into that kind of culture that he's trying to build at Celtic and, and enhance it and bring another really good guy in who is more than capable of stepping in in a number of positions if required. I mean, he did say today, Hugh, it doesn't have to be that players go out before other players come in, mm. but there would be an unavoidable urge to try some of that. If you look at some of the, the players that is abundantly clear are not going to get any game time under them, you can't just keep bringing in without moving out. Yeah, I mean, Albion Yeti, how do you get rid of him? Good question. You know, he, he's, he does nothing, uh, didn't even look particularly interested. Uh, in pre-season uh, Mikey Johnson unfortunately for him I think there's a player in there but uh, he never really had a settled run at Celtic of late under Ange Postacoglu James McCarthy um, for me no future at Celtic um, but as you say Gordon if you get the Champions League money and all this it's not dependent upon a Yeti or Mikey Johnson or James McCarthy going Celtic do seem to take Quite a while to get transfers across the line, but he's got another three weeks to go. I think these problems on Sunday, if you can call them problems, are simply of a practical nature. That awful pitch, it will not be watered by Kilmarnock, and that's their prerogative. Uh, if the heat is the same as it is today, um, you know, it, it's just difficult. Celtic traditionally struggle on artificial surfaces. Uh, let's bring in Frank, who's a Celtic fan on the line. Take it away, Frank. Um, evening, gents. Hope you're all well. Um, I refer back to the start of the call, and I've spoke to Hugh many times over the years, But and he does talk about, at times, things get blown out of proportion in the west of Scotland. I think, um, Hugh, you should go and have a look in the mirror and maybe make sure you get your bonnet on in this hot sun, because I think it's went to your head. Yeah, rightly so, you gave Rangers praise, and I'm a Celtic fan, as you know, and Rangers do deserve praise for what they've done in the last three years, um, including that run to the final. But you dismiss Celtic as almost also runs. And it was good to see Kenny um, pulling you up and Gordon to a degree trying to correct you because um, the facts are last year, yes, we got knocked out of three competitions, no doubt about it. But um, in that Europa League group, which was quite a tough Europa League group, with Betis and Leverkusen, Celtic finished with nine points, three victories, which is actually, if you check back, it was more points than Rangers had in their group, and we didn't qualify because of the group we were in. We did then go on and play Bodo Glimp, and yes, it was disappointing, we, get, we lost both games. Bodo Glimp, you almost dismissed as also runs. Bodo Glimp went on and won their next round, and get into the quarterfinals, and they've just um, secured a 6-1 aggregate win, and a Champions League qualifier at the same stage Rangers are in this season and are now in the playoff room. So, so there are no also runs. And the season before was the season, as I called out as a Celtic fan, we were disgraceful in Europe, and that was under Neil Lennon. The year before, we beat Lazio home and away. We qualified, we got through. So I think you've been very unfair to Celtic, bar one season, 
where we were dreadful. Last season we weren't dreadful. Yes, we got walked out of three games, but we gave plenty of points to coefficient. We won plenty of games. And yes, Rangers are ahead in the last three years in Europe, but you shouldn't be dismissing Celtic the way you did. We could beat off of Leverkusen and Betis, where you said the performances were inadequate, I think was the word you used. Those two games, we were ahead in both, and it was Angie's first season as a manager, and there was naive mistakes. They weren't embarrassing performances to lose 4-3-3-2 three, three, to two very good teams. I just want to put that point to you and challenge your views. I used the word inadequate to cover everyone outside of Rangers, because Rangers, and you have uh, acknowledged as much yourself, Frank, Rangers over the last three years have done very well under Giovanni Van Bronckhurst and before him Stephen Gerrard. I used the word inadequate to cover every other team in the Premiership when Europe applies. Um, Are there not degrees of inadequacy though? Is that not what Frank's uh, point is? Yeah, you know, to, to lump it all to you know Sligo or seven nil is, is probably not the same as finishing third in the Europa League group. So Frank's suggesting that for them but, all to be also runs is not appropriate. But for me, Celtic's stature in Europe has diminished. And they are now not proven, to use the Scottish verdict, because there's a Champions League group stage to be drawn. And we'll see who Celtic get, and we'll see how Celtic cope with that. But there is no doubt for me that Celtic's stature in Europe is not what it once was. And even under Brendan Rodgers, there were highlights, but there were lowlights as well. Uh, so the stature has diminished Yeah but again The stature diminishing Is that the same as being a European Also ran in the same mould As Motherwell and Dundee United Well if All Celtic fans Compare themselves to Rangers And all Rangers fans Use Celtic as the, the benchmark uh, Celtic I would Suggest mm. Wouldn't be able to do what Rangers have been doing for the last yeah. three years yeah, but Celt- at the moment. But Celtic fans and Rangers fans might well do that, but you compared the Celtic to essentially Dundee United and Motherwell. I, I think that, that you said there are degrees of inadequacy. I think that Celtic should be doing better. I don't think it was a good look for the club to go out of three different European competitions in the same season. And Frank's hand would be strengthened. I'm ignoring the bit about the sun on my head and that slightly, uh, you know, insulting tone that he took you at the start. It's Frank, he's wearing a string vest in here. It's very disturbing, I must admit. But uh, Frank and the other Celtic supporters have to wait and see what lies ahead here. Um, at the moment, they are not as good as Rangers in Europe. And since one always measures the, themselves against the other, they have to raise their game in Europe. Frank? Um, the results would would make it hard to um, argue against Hughes' um, case of Rangers um, being getting to fine. You can't argue against that, but you can't compare apples with oranges when you're playing against different teams. I would ask you to look at Rangers' group last season that they qualified from and look at Celtics. So you, you, it's not an equal playing field. Yes, the stats will say we get knocked out of three competitions. My challenge was your statement right at the start where Gordon's right, you wrapped Celtic into the same sentence of inadequacy as Motherwell and Dundee United. And for me, there is zero comparison. We'll leave it there, Frank. You can agree to disagree. You'll kiss and make up another time, I'm sure. That was Frank on the line. And already, what a fast hour that's been. It's time for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish Sun.co.uk slash football. The wait goes on. 
for a victory for the listeners We've nearly oh. made it two full weeks In fact it'll be two and a half weeks Since Simon Donnelly lost for the pundits And since then you've had it all your own way Last night though We plunged to new depths I was giving it the same big build up Right come on this is the night We're going to get a listener to win The guy came on and he got zero He got his first zero of the season I think he maybe answered six or seven questions So we said okay let's keep going Let's see if you would have got ten zeros And eventually on question number nine He managed to get to get one right So whoever phones in tonight I always use this analogy But it's worth sticking with It's like going up on the karaoke After someone that's rubbish So you've got no, no big shoes to fill tonight Let's do it 01419511025 And the lines close at 7 Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Kenny Miller and Hugh Keevans are here We're moving from a European disappointment And that's probably an understatement If you've listened to the first hour of tonight's show Back to the SPFL The leagues are back tomorrow Really looking forward to it Four big games in the top flight Two then on Sunday And that's before you even begin To look at some of the good things happening Down the divisions So whatever is on your mind tonight Now would be a good place to share them A good time to share them 01419511025 And we'll speak to you as soon as we've wrapped up this Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish football. Chris is in Canvas Lang on Beat the Pundit. Chris, do you play along at home? Tell me you're good. Yeah, I'm not bad, Gordon, um, but I'm not too pumped in either. I, I, do you know what, Chris? See, after we had a zero last night, I'll settle for not bad. That's, oh, don't that's, say that. I'm destined for a zero then, mm, I'm, Let me have a quick look through the questions. Nah, I think you'll get nah. you'll get at least one, Chris. Trust me. Right, heads yeah, it is heads is Hugh Evans and tails it will be Kenny Miller. So let's see what we've got. It is tails. It's Kenny up against Chris from Canvas Lang. So what we do in this instance, if you've never heard before, we give Kenny something else to listen to, nice and loud in his earphones, so that he can't hear your answers, Chris. It's thirty seconds on the clock. You just answer the questions, and you can pass and move on if you don't know the answer. Okay. Yep. Right, let's go then. 30 seconds on the clock, and your time starts now. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst left Rangers for which club in 2001? Arsenal. What nationality is Celtic goalkeeper Benjamin Segrist? Who will Hearts face in their Europa League playoff? Which Scottish team is known as the Spiders? Which club has used the youngest player in the Premiership so far this season? Name any player that's been sent off in the Scottish Premiership so far this season. Pass. Okay, let's bring Kenny back. Kenny, have you got us? Yep. Good. Same set of questions. Thirty. You played this season? No, I have not. Hmm, I don't think so. Was that in fact? Was it? Was it last Friday night then that you did the Drogba celebration when you won? Yep. Was that two for two? Of you or you had another played one? To, played yeah. two, one, two. <laughs> Things you never oh, thought you would hey. see. He can't pa- point to the name in the back of his cardigan tonight Because it's about 95 degrees in here So he's gone for the shirt He's rolled up the sleeves once And he's undone one button on the collar That's when you know <laughs> Kenny and I have got shorts and t-shirt on Hugh's undone one button at the top Gentlemen uh, of a certain vintage <laughs> You ready? Let's do it Same set of questions to Kenny And the time starts now Giovanni Van Bronckhorst left Rangers for which club in 2001? Arsenal what nationality is Celtic goalkeeper Benjamin Segrist? Pass. Who will Hearts face in their Europa League playoff? Zurich. 
Which Scottish team is known as the Spiders? Uh, Queen's Park Which club has used the youngest player in the Premiership so far this season? Dundee United Name any player that's been sent off in the Scottish Premiership this season Pass Who did Robbie Nielsen replace as the manager of Hearts? Craig Levine Okay, okay Chris, how did that go for you? Nah, rubbish Rubbish? rubbish. I think it was that bad, I wouldn't worry about that You got the first one right, Arsenal uh, Kenny's, get, Kenny's definitely beat me there, I think well, it was just negativity, Chris. Just wait and find out, will you? I don't think it was a great effort for me no, either, but it was a wee bit Chris is doing himself down. Uh, Arsenal, you both got that. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. We at Rangers at that time when he I left. Was, yes. yeah. um, oh, I might, no, I might, I might have left just before him. 2001. Uh, what nationality is Seagrist? He's Swiss. Chris got that. Goes 2-1 in front. Speaking of Swiss, Hearts will play Zurich. Kenny got it. Chris didn't. You're level. The Spiders, Queen's Park, both got it. We're level at 3-all. It's not bad, Chris. Uh, no bad, no bad. It's a hard man to please. This is I don't know, a stab in the dark, unless you have really top knowledge. The club that's used the youngest player in the league so far. St. Mirren? No. Maybe if a club had had its head of youth academy and his interim manager, he might be more inclined to play a young player. Keen Spears, 18 years and two months. Not that young, huh? Uh, exactly. It's actually not yeah. that young, but that's the youngest so far in the league. Um, so we're still level Name any player Who's been sent off In the Premiership This season Declan Gallagher Declan. Ian Harks Ricky Lamy Murray Davidson None of you got it Which means Chris If Kenny gets this right He's beating you But if not We go Aye. to the tiebreaker Who did Robbie Nielsen Replace as the manager Of Hearts He says Craig Levine What would you have gone for Hugh I'd have gone Levine Daniel Stendel, Anyone I thought Stendhal yeah. Daniel Stendhal So we go to the tiebreaker For the second time This week and it's a pretty simple concept I'll read a question It's going to be like a, a closest two I'll get Kenny to write his answer down And I'll then invite you to give me your attempt Chris, alright? Yep right, Let's go then How many Premiership goals Has Lee Griffiths scored Across all three of his clubs? So I don't mind telling them Hibs, Celtic and Dundee of course How many Premiership goals Has Lee Griffiths scored Across all three of his clubs? Can you tell me the answer Kenny Miller Let's see what you've written down Please Producer Michael You might need to help me With a calculator Okay Chris what are you going for I'll go 145 No way No way No way I don't need the calculator Because Kenny's gone 146 And Chris has gone 145 So it's under all It's not under all I don't need the calculator To tell you The sign ball is going to Canvas Lang It's 121 Yeah dancer Yeah dancer A lottery as they say A penalty shootout Whatever it was They all count And finally We've got a second Listener victory on the board Well done Chris no, cheers for that. Uh, well done, Kenny. Well but done, I'm mate. a good Celtic fan, so that's for all the years I shouted in the camera at Patsy, mate. <laughs> uh, all good fun on a Friday night. Like, every defeat hurts, as they say. Aye, but that was, that was, I thought we'd had more than that, really, to be honest. Apparently, 66 at Hibs, 179 at Celtic, which is pretty good, and 2 at Dundee. So there we go. Yeah, you, that's, no, that was the premiership goals. Count that again? Yeah. That was the premiership goals, because you said 179. For Celtic, so that oh, must be seventy nine. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, someone's. It does actually say. Just, oh no, I'll be double checking. You know that I'll yeah. always throw other people under the bus. Yeah. The thought of me taking blame is unheard of. It does say one seven nine on my sheet, but you two are very sharp. You've yeah. pointed out. I assume oh. it means all in. That is. I must have scored men seventy, and I'm checking it all day. Nah, you could be right. Right, I've no I idea. Right. I've no idea the working. 
But it's fine You're fine I think it is 1-2-1 one, one. Don't tell me He can't take his ball back anyway <laughs> Look at this Look at him He's actually counting them up oh, All day long I'm On his phone up. Yep Look at this oh Couldn't do God. that in an Nokia aye. No no he's got more than that aye. He's got more than that <laughs> Stop it Stop it We'll sort this out at the next yeah, break Yeah Or some of Hibs Before the Premiership era Oh I'm pretend No I can't I mean, He's not that He's not that old is he Yeah 2013-14 season Remember, yeah. that's when the Premiership yeah. came anyway, in yeah. Yeah, Look at this guy, he's refusing to accept it It's only a sign ball, Kenny, alright? Yeah, it's not about that, it's about the one Anyway, 01419511025 Or Twitter at Clyde SSB Rangers fans, let's hear from you What about that game tomorrow? Rangers against St Johnson I feel like these games fall into I'm not to do a Hugh Keevens and lump everything together But there's a bit of a theme Those types of 3 o'clock games on a Saturday They're the ones that you phone up at the end and say Oh, that was a bit frustrating and time wasting and ten men behind the ball and uh, it was a bit difficult. So, is that going to be the case or can yes, you see, it will? Can you see Rangers <laughs> swashbuckling their way through it? Pick up the phone and let us know right now. We will hear from Giovanni van Bronckhorst. Let me do a bit more from Ange Postecoglou that we didn't get before the break, and we'll bring Alec in on the phone. Uh, he's outlining the importance of John Kennedy. Uh, within the coaching staff because you may have noticed he's been linked with the Michelin job Hugh did you notice that yeah yeah in the newspapers I know you don't miss much here's what the Celtic manager had to say on that yeah he's had a fantastic um, sort of um, managerial journey so far in terms of gaining experience and knowledge he's worked with some fantastic uh, managers me aside and uh, you know he's he's built up his expertise through different areas of the game because I mean he, he started off you know, the junior ranks and has done some scouting. He's done, you know, he's tried to make sure that he's as well-rounded as he possibly can now. You know, he's he's no different to everyone, anyone else at this football club, I guess a player or, or staff, if, if you know, people identify him as someone who um, they think can help their organisation, then, you know, it's up to the, the individuals then to, to sort of make those decisions. But, yeah, John's a really important part of what we do here. Um, you know, he's an important part of my setup. Uh, he, he leads a lot of the areas uh, uh, with respect to, to our football. So, um, you know, he's a valuable asset to, to this club. I thought John Kennedy was very harshly treated by some, I underline some, Celtic supporters when 10 in a row was not won. Everybody got it in the neck. Neil Lennon, uh, Gavin Strachan, John Kennedy, uh, fed up listening to people who said he used to play centre-half, why is the defence so bad? As if it was oh, that I remember simple. those times Yeah Every so, night I thought it was harshly treated By some Celtic supporters I do think he is a valuable member Of the backroom staff And I do think That Ange Postacoglu Would prefer John Kennedy to stay Than go to Mitchelland However It's John Kennedy's life And if he thinks That's the proper step For him to take Then it's his prerogative But I think he's been not only was he a sensational player for Celtic, career cut tragically short, but I think he's been good for Celtic in the, the coaching sense and I think the club would prefer him to stay. On the Wikipedia page for Scottish Premiership's top scorers, it actually has been, the producer Chris has been very generous here because he is giving the Hibs goals even if they were before the Premiership era. Um, and I still think he's right, you know, because this says in, for Celtic and Dundee he's getting 92. There we go. Case closed. Case closed. I think. Yeah, uh, I checked, that's why I never said I stayed quiet in the corner. Uh, John Kennedy, that vote of confidence there from Ange Postacoglu. Is, I mean, is there a time when he he looks to go on his own? Only John will answer that. You know, there's there's many a, <clears throat> a an assistant who have served their time in that 
type of role and John like Anne says has came through a number of roles at Celtic uh, I think now this must be maybe his fifth manager that he's also worked under I think maybe Neil Lennon twice maybe no Ronnie Dyler Brendan yeah. and now Ange uh, so it's uh, I think it, it, it keeps a continuity that's for sure uh, but John only John will be able to answer that if he's got managerial ambitions in the future and if that if that if there's truth to that rumour it would be a decent place to go and start in my opinion I don't think the fact that Harry Kewell's there now makes any difference you know we've watched Rangers bring someone else uh, onto their uh, coaching staff this week um, I just think that John Kennedy fits Celtic I think he does a good job for Celtic uh, and listen to what Ange Postacoglu had to say there I think he would prefer John to stay uh, let's go to the phones we'll bring in Alec who's a Celtic fan on the line what's your point tonight Alec? I've got Rangers to say that uh, Celtic had qualified for the Champions League through Rangers coefficient and been getting them up the table and I'm old enough and wise enough that a couple of years ago, me and my mates were sitting talking, what was the most important to win? The 10 in a row or to win the, ch- the league the year later? And each and every one of us says, the league the year later. The 10 in a row, fair enough, because you bragging rights. But we knew if we won the league last year, we would be right into the Champions League. Rangers aren't there yet. Oh, hold on. Uh, you, can't have known, you can't have known that that long ago, though, because obviously it takes a... The coefficient needs to build up And then you get given Those Champions League places So on the 10 in a row season You and your mate said We're not that bothered About winning this title We just want to win next year Because it was already out Gordon The facts and figures were out Okay I'll I'll even I'll humour you on that Even if they were In the 10 in a row season You and your mate said We're not that bothered About winning this one We'd prefer to win the next one Correct Correct To get right into the Champions League Nah Absolutely. The year that the year that Rangers won the league, Celtic and Rangers knew that the winner of the Scottish Premiership the following week. Look up Wikipedia that you're doing for uh, for uh, Lee Griffiths. The following one, the following year, the winner of the Scottish Premiership went right into the group stages in the Champions League. I mean, Alec, don't get me wrong, Hugh. I get I get the hindsight discussion where people went, you know, last season said. Isn't it funny? You know, everyone obsessed over 10 in a row and now look, this title's every bit as important or more in a different way financially Champions League. I get the hindsight one. I've not heard any, I didn't hear anyone during the 10 in a row campaign phoning and saying, I just want to win next year's. The Celtic fans wanted 10 in a row. It was the Holy Grail and then they wanted the Championship after that one as well to get the Champions League money. But no one, no one, I'm sorry Alec, no one, no man, woman or child who supported Celtic Dismissed 10 in a row They didn't write it off Next year will be fine uh, They were out on the streets Literally on the streets Because Celtic were not doing well In that 10 in a row season Neil Lennon got the sack Everyone was in disarray The Celtic fans to a man Woman and child Wanted 10 in a row Come on Alec For years it was just singing about 10 in a row There were no songs about don't worry, we only want to make the Champions League the following season. Gordon, I'm 68 year old. I was singing the songs as well. But I'm realistically, and I know about life, I understand that the fo- you win the 10 in a row, fair enough. Great, because in the history books, I'm not going to be alive to see 10 in a row again, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, a couple of years younger than Hugh there. <laughs> Show's <laughs> taking a bit of a dark turn, Alec. You might be. <laughs> at, the end of the, at the end of the day, no, I wouldn't think so, eh, Gordon. I wouldn't think so. But at the end of the day, we are in this Champions League. And see, by the way, see the other night there, I watched PFC against Monaco. And that's going to be a toughie. 
that has got to be a toughie because that atmosphere over in the Phillips Stadium is just the exact same as Ibrox. But you see, this is my point about old firm fans and the coefficient. Alec has now gone from no, 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 didn't bother about 10 rows at all, didn't bother me. He's now moved on to, I hope Rangers get it from PSV Eindhoven here, and I think they will. You know, they, they don't care about the coefficient. Celtic fans hope that Rangers go out to PSV Eindhoven. The Rangers fans hope that Celtic don't get a single mm. point in the Champions League group stage. And yet don't you care about the coefficient. And yet you have to, because otherwise we won't get nice things, and that's the beauty of it, isn't but, it? But at the grassroots, at the base <laughs> level, they hate each other, and they hope that each other gets stuffed in Europe. I, I say, I to cut Alec a bit of slack, when, when the point sort of developed there towards the end, Kenny, I get it if you're talking about now, right now. If you want to, there's at least a discussion there where you can say, right, missed out on bragging rights, but last season's title got a guaranteed Champions League football, and that was great. But Alex's initial point was during the 10 in a row season, it was all about the next one. That seems harder to swallow. That is harder to swallow because, again, Alex made the point. We've seen Celtic in Champions League many a time, never seen them win 10 in a row. You know, and so that was a, every, like Q says, every focus, this, the focus was on this for six in a row. You know, maybe even before, there was a huge, huge call for it. There was it become an obsession. Again, we've heard a lot of managers, players, and even opposing managers, players talking about it. It was an obsession with every single person at Celtic Football When Club. Celtic won seven in a row at Celtic Park, Brendan Rodgers went over to where the Green Brigade stand and put up ten fingers. I bet only because he didn't have an eleven to then say it was the one after that. But... Alec and his pals Nah History Revision Nah You've not won him over this time Alec But please stay in touch Stay safe I didn't like that sinister tone Your call took at the end 01419511025 Thank you to Alec and Renfrew I've got a good full time teaser for you Right up Kenny Miller Street oh, I think good. with a little bit of help from you You will blitz this uh, Any Motherwell fans out there We've heard from Stevie Hamill For the first time Right appointment or not for you Pick up the phone and let us know Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Time for Kenny Miller and Hugh Keevans to form an unlikely strike partnership. What's happened to you? You used to line up with some famous goal-getters. Now you're stuck with this guy on a Friday night to try and come up with the answers. Um, I think you'll do it. I think you'll be pretty comfortable tonight on the full-time teaser. This one sent in... We had one this week, Hugh, from China. A full time teaser from China So we're a bit closer We're in Alexandria Which is just ah. along the road uh, Nicky sent it in And uh, Nicky wants to Find out If you can name the last 10 Non-European Old firm Slash Glasgow Derby goal scorers He says on his question So can you name the last 10 Non-Europeans to score In that fixture You'll do this uh, um, Hatati for a start Rio Hatati Well done Kenny That was you uh, No I'm Mark so I'm mind blank at the moment Okay Yep um, Furuhashi No nah. Hasn't scored in it yet oh. Alfredo Yep Alfredo Morelos Colombian Morris Edu Yes Well done Alright we'll leave it there From the US of A Morris Edu I like the question Nikki and Alexandria If you want to send your question in uh, Please do Full time At Clyde1.com That's full time 
at Clyde1.com And it's that time of the night Hugh I feel like it's Friday The sun's shining And even if you're not In this country somewhere abroad Loads of people are getting in touch Just to show off that they're enjoying the sun And oh. want to mention I like this one from Davey Who is listening all the way from Florida Which might be even oh. sunnier uh, than we are now wanted a wee mention which is fine try and squeeze them in when we can and I must admit I've been torn on this one right but I'll explain why I've, I've bowed to the pressure of it got new carpets fitted oh right, always an exciting time I'm sure when you get to a certain age uh, and I went in for the first time today to inspect not living in the house yet and I noticed a wee sign had been left <laughs> handwritten right on a bit of cardboard uh, and it's from Andy, Sonny and Stiv, the floor guys at Innovation Flooring And they said, uh, can we get a shout out on the show? And I thought, I don't know why I bother And then I remembered, A, they know where I live And B, they maybe got a key cut when yeah. I was letting them in and out of the house So, for my own safety, have I, you, I have felt you paid them? More to the point Yes, I think so mm. Background, chat in the door You might get a wee discount now no, it's done. That's all done and dusted. I wouldn't abuse the position like that. That was, believe me, that's been done a couple of weeks ago. Unfortunately, uh, that's that's why I had to raid the fridge for free lunch when I came in here ah. earlier on. Um, and I, do you, speaking of raiding the fridge, I saw one, something I thought I'd never see: Hugh Keevans eating an ice lolly when yes. I came in. Such that's as the temperature in here. What was that, a Magnum? No, no. Oh, I think it was yeah. a twister. Do you go for a twister, or was it the fruit pastel one? Oh, you really thought? A nice pole. Really Oh no! It was some sort. Was it a Solero? Was some sort of mango yeah. l- looking effort you went for? Yeah, I just don't you... know why. You just don't think of him as doing normal things, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. Doesn't eat chocolate. Doesn't drive. I just assumed he wouldn't eat ice lollies, but there we are. Even he get tipped over the edge. Oh, it's so hot! No, that's why you've got that one short button undone. Yeah. Anyway, uh, before we move on with this teaser, let's bring in Martin, who's a Rangers fan on the line. Martin, hello. How's it going? You all right? Not too bad, guys. Um, I'd like to uh, put a wee point across to Hugh, and obviously Kenny as well, but more, more firstly, Hugh's point. When he's talking about the coefficient, Rangers don't care, Celtic don't care. To a degree, I agree with him. In fact, I actually totally agree with him. But when Celtic play Motherwell, saying the third round of the Scottish Cup, if they're expected to win, if Rangers play Dundee, they're expected to win. So if you see Rangers and Celtic in that fleet, you don't, uh, sorry, the next round, you don't bother because they're expected to win. Why can't we expect each other to win in the Champions League and possibly push on to the knockout stages or definitely into the later stages of the Europa League? Why can't that become normal the way we expect each other to win and the domestic competitions as normal? How do we get to a point where we expect each other, Martin says, in terms of that Rangers-Celtic rivalry, to, to win in Europe? Um, Champions League games No you, you can have no expectations You're in the Champions League And those who are in it with you um, Are of a certain standard So neither Rangers nor Celtic Will approach any game Assuming that they will win um, My point And I stand by it Martin When Celtic play In the Champions League group stages You'll hope they lose every game and if Rangers make it to the Champions League group stages, the Celtic fans will hope that you lose every game. Otherwise, I have been living in a different country for 72 years. What if then, I'm just going to take them, take it to extremes, one of the teams is 25 points clear in the league, they know that they're going to win it, but it's been figured out, as the previous caller said, the information is out there, and they need that other one to win in Europe for them to get the Champions League place that season. Clap trap. 
Surely You'd make a one-off exception No you won't Why do Why do Celtic Rangers players never swap jerseys at the end of a game because I, don't think was, that's, I don't think that's a particularly relevant comparison no, the, 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 <laughs> what's, what's that got to do with it? The division is there The division is permanent The division has certain guidelines And the guidelines are mm. You hope that they lose Because they hope that you lose I mean, to be fair, Kenny Martin's talking about They're expected to win in the Scottish Cup Why can't they both be expected to win in Europe? I mean, the answer's Pretty simple You've played in the Champions League There's a lot has to happen Before our teams Can be expected To win that type of fixture Especially if the draw Goes against you That's a, It depends on the draw I mean you can go Into certain games I mean I think Rangers now When you play The teams that they've faced In the last four years There is a lot of Champions League quality teams That they've faced And They've competed More than competed So when you're playing The likes of PSVs Or a Portos uh, Leipzig and Dortmund again obviously after last season I still think you can go on with a maybe a better expectation now but you're not going to when you play a PSG a Man City you can't go and expect to win that game you can have the best hopes you can be best prepared to give yourself a chance to get a result but you can't expect it that doesn't mean to say it won't happen but they expect this is the special thing about these mm. European nights for, 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 for Rangers and Celtic that there is a different atmosphere surrounds them it's not that same scrutiny. There's not that same demand. You're turning up to watch your team play in, in Europe's elite competition. And I think the fans approach the games and go to the games with a slightly different kind of attitude towards the result. How big is the expectation that Rangers comfortably dispose of St Johnston at Ibrox tomorrow, Martin? The, uh, the league's a bit of a sticky point. Um, when Van Bronckhorst came in last year, Obviously, the dark points lead that Steven Gerrard had built up and then that evaporated and got overtaken, but then go to Europe and it was doing, they were doing different things and obviously we got to the final. Um, I don't think our league performances have been too convincing so far. The, the Livingston one, obviously, with the comfort behind, um, then to go on the Michael Marnock. I, I don't know if the team's still trying to gel together or... Is that a fact? Like, I know I know Cholak's scoring goals, but he's he's not looking too mobile. He's he's certainly no Fredo Morelos. Um, maybe it's a settling in period. I'm not convinced that they're firing at all cylinders yet. Is this the game Alfredo Morelos does start, Kenny, then with a view to midweek or again, is it your thirty minutes and you, you take it from there? Who knows? Uh, I still think he's there's no way he's, he's up to speed. How do you get him up to speed? It's only by mm-hmm. playing games. But I think you can layer it. You can bring him back in. Is there an absolute need for him to throw him into a... a listen, he's no lasting. Uh, I think he'll, he'll be lucky if he was to last 60 minutes, to be honest with you. So, but uh, that being said, Cholak scored in his last two appearances and I agree with Matt, yeah. he's not Alfredo Morelos. He doesn't bring to Rangers what Alfredo Morelos can. But at this moment in time, I'm not sure Alfredo can do that either. So I think it's still important to build him back up. He was up five months, five and a bit months he was out. He's had 20 minutes and half an hour or 20 minutes and 15 minutes of a game. So he's, uh, you need to build him back because he will be important for the team, no mm. doubt, through the course of the hopefully a Champions League campaign and trying to win the league back. So I would expect him to maybe get a little bit more time off the bench, but maybe not start. I think both Rangers and Celtic fans now look for a degree of perfection you know uh, Martin on the line says yeah Cholak started his score goals but it doesn't look very mobile you know give the guy time to settle in Uh, the same arguments are made about players at Celtic as well Um, 
Fans are looking for perfection. Game three takes place this weekend, but fans are looking for a degree of perfection, I think, that, that can't be there at all. And certainly not after three games. Yeah, nothing wrong with high standards, I suppose. Uh, we've moved on to a point, but what did you make of the other night just whilst we're on the. I thought they were topic. sensational. I, I really did. Uh, right for the first whistle, exactly what it needed to be. There was questions, for me, even for me, I was questioning can Ibrox even be the same as what it was uh, in, in that European run? And it was. It was it was incredible. The atmosphere was amazing, and I think it's, I've said it many times. It's twofold. You know, the players need to need to give that fast and that positivity and that aggression to the performance to get the crowd behind them. And then when that crowd gets behind them, and to be fair, I, I think they're right behind them if before been... a ball's kicked. The one thing I'd say is Union played a deep, deep block. So you've you've touched mm. on it, like Livingston did, like Union did in the first game, and like Kilmarnock did. But Rangers found an energy and a tempo to their performance against Union that, for me, I think they can carry that into these types of so games. They need to start doing that Absolutely. more in, in league and games. And it's asking questions. It's constant pressure on the goal rather than the acceptance. Mm. Well, the other team are accepting you're going to have the ball. Mm-hmm. What I think Rangers have been is they're kind of all right. We're happy just to keep it and yeah. circulate it. Whereas I think Tuesday they really, really went for the goal. So does that goal is at half time? Sorry? If it had been goalless at half time, do you think it would have changed the complexion of anything? Listen, the, the goal was crucial, you know. But the goal doesn't dictate the level of the performance. Mm. The performance was the performance. So you, the goal was brilliant. Time. So going forward then, on days like tomorrow, because I had a joke about it, but it was, it was you know, rooted in seriousness. We always get calls on games like this on a Saturday. And it's like it, it, there's almost for, for some fans it's a shrug of the shoulders. Well, what are you meant to do when you know when there's ten men behind the ball? But you're saying that's what you're meant to do, and you can do that. I, all well, the time. I, I think you listen. Or you can strive Union to do. done that. There is no doubt. You see, there are ten men behind the ball, narrow, compact, defending. But whether it's crossing the box like mm. the first, like like the goal, it's just a it's a hopeful ball into the box. But what you're doing is you're making a defender defend. You're asking a question: Can you deal with this under a bit of pressure? And he didn't. They got a penalty, and it did. It changed the whole complexion of the game. But the energy, the tempo in that game was way better in the first half against Livingston. Again, the pitch yeah. plays its part, but it was way better in Kamarnik, and it was way better in Union last week as well. This is why I love this part of the show because. We're Serious stuff Or giving them good analysis And Hugh is just looking So happy with himself He's just sitting smiling Which means He's got an answer to the <laughs> teaser He tuned out He couldn't tell me Anything you said For the last minute He was just sitting With a big grin Go on then Have we got three oh, Just give me one Come on One at a time Carter Vickers Cameron Carter Vickers Kenny you got any Scotty McDonald Do you know he's not Rogic Yes Okay we'll leave it there We're looking for the last 10 non-Europeans To score for Celtic against Rangers or for Rangers against Celtic Carter Vickers, Rogic, Hatate, Morelos, Edu We'll get them as they go along uh, We're about to speak to Alec on the line Let's tee him up because We've been hearing officially, if you like For the first time From Stevie Hamill As new Motherwell manager Today in fact, we'll just bring in Alex first And get his thoughts firstly on, on the appointment in general Alec, is that one you were happy with or not? Yeah, I'm very happy with that one In the fact that Stevie Hamill's been the mother since he was a boy and things like that. And I thought the last manager had had the tactics that, you know, to, to win games in the situation they wouldn't play with wingers. I mean, no, to me, the game of football, you should have two wide players crossing the ball in, you know, for your two centre-forwards or whatever centre players to score. But his attitude was that he wouldn't play with, uh, with wide players. Um, so I wasn't a supporter of him at all. So when I heard that Stevie Hamill was um, put in as a, 
an interim. I thought, well, that would be a good a good choice as a manager, possibly with someone behind him that's been at Motherwell for quite a while as well. Well, the great thing about that at the moment, Hugh, if we're if Alex is criticising Graham Alexander's tactics, can't really criticise Stevie Hamill's, but we can't praise them either because no. they're just they're just an unknown quantity. Um, what he's obviously hit on is the sentimentality of it all. Yeah. It might not count for much in time, but for now, he's a modern day legend. He's 500 plus appearances. He's a Hall of Famer. Funny how football does these things. Where did they make his debut in the year 2000, 22 Pitaudry. years ago? Pitaudry. Yep. Uh, as a young player goes back there as manager tomorrow. I listened to the Motherwell fans last night after the news of Stevie's appointment and they were again in favour of because of that affection That overwhelming affection That they have for him Convention would say You get in an experienced manager Stevie Hamill has never Managed a team He's the academy manager But I don't know Whether he's a good appointment A bad appointment Or an indifferent appointment Because only games And results will tell me that um, My point about this Has always been I felt that Motherwell in the shape of the chief executive and the chairman, were inclined, always inclined, to give it to Stevie Hamill. So they have a, a mm. knowledge of him that we don't, and they have taken it upon themselves to say, look, we believe mm. in this guy. It feels important, Kenny, to not broad brush everything and say that, you know, every man, because otherwise... How does any manager get their first job and you know and then succeed? There are, lo- there are loads of examples. We've done it a lot recently. Stephen Gerrard had never managed before. I think it was Robbie Nielsen the first time he went to Hearts. Was that his first managerial job? They would be successes or levels of success. And on the other hand, people would say Ian Cathro's first managerial job didn't go to plan. Sean Maloney's didn't go to plan, albeit it had been at Belgium. So this notion that you're either inexperienced or experienced, and that's somehow a good or a bad thing... That's, that probably doesn't get us anywhere. I, I do think it's nonsense. I do. I think that, that but was the word wrong. You know, yeah. experience is wrong because how do you get experience? And and, and, what and you might have bad experience. Correct. That's and that's it. What have you actually experienced? Experience, like again, you can experience a lot as a player, but that experience, like these these chairmen and these uh, sporting directors, like what experience have they got? You know, actually picking the right guy. Yeah. You know, so that you've got that as well. Stephen Hamill, whether he's the right guy or wrong guy. I'll be, I'll be, we'll find out in the coming Time. months you know and that is it and it's only games and it's only going to be results that being said though I think now fans are demanding a bit of style they're demanding really th- yeah, they want a certain they want a bit more width in the team want, again I, I, I question whether they've actually got the players to actually do that I think that was one of the reasons maybe mm. they never played uh, where real out and out which might players. lead us to another debate um, about personnel yeah. so you've got so much it can open so many it can open a can of worms if you go too deep but the bottom line is we'll only find out through time through Stephen Hamill through his results through the way his team's set up and through how his team actually plays because that was for me one thing that was getting thrown a lot at Graham Alexander last year was the team look rubbish they're not playing good football and that was coupled by a 1-1-15 one, one were you surprised he got the job? I was, yeah, I was. I thought there was a lot of good candidates that could have been out there that would have loved to have, have the opportunity at Motherwell. Uh, like you say. Any says. in particular that jumped out at you? Well, if when you're going for lack of experience and that type of guy, you've got Kevin Thompson who's out of work again. He's probably in a similar bracket. I know Tom will know, thank me for saying that, to be honest, but Tom has had more experience. He's won a league. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, did he want it? Did he go for it? I don't know. 
uh, I, I think even get someone like Sean who has just came out of a job at Hibs there's more experience there and I think his, his coaching journey's been but then he had guys like Valakari was mentioned who's, who's manager you've had Paul Lambert whose name was thrown in so there was a lot of names mm. in, the, in the pot yeah, how many of them were serious yeah, that, I, I that's the thing it doesn't appear that there was much in the Paul Lambert one Hugh no um, as I say for me I think everyone else was discarded I think the chairman and the CEO no but I, I think that under, I think that's unfair I think that undermines the, the process I mean there was a process it, it, it took well, place. I'm not saying that they did not do their Due diligence and all the rest of it, but I think he was always the one. And there's what? nothing, mm. you know, as I said to you before, there's affection for someone who is a mother legend post war, and then there is what is the right thing to do for the club. Now, Alan Burroughs and Jim McMahon have decided that they believe the right thing to do for the club is to appoint Stephen Hamill, and that there's no point in. Debating it because we don't know. We, only results will tell us whether Stephen Hamill is up to the job yeah, or it's, not. Oh, it's not like us to, to pull back from speculating. You're all, you're always asked if you think an appointment's good or bad, if a signing is good or bad. That's all I'll say is he was brought up in Castle Milk. People from Castle Milk don't scare. <laughs> but it's, uh, let's hear a bit from him speaking for the first time today. It was a strange one, I was absolutely delighted, maybe for about five seconds, and then, yeah, understand exactly what's what's needing done, Always already these thoughts were preparing, as if that was going to happen, we've prepared as much as we can, and then, yeah, the, the enormity of the job and where it is, is, is um, comes in, and then, I say, there's a lot of work to do, quickly, and then... Um, yeah, just looking to get started as quick as possible. I've been preparing for for something like this for a long, long time. I've been, you know, in, in charge of the academy, which is a huge responsibility of the club. On the pitch for a couple of years now, daily, pinning around the reserve group, um, integrating with the first team. I feel like it's something I'm I'm ready to do. Uh, yeah, spoke about various things: recruitment, getting ready, of course, um, the experiences of those two interim games, one which was a victory, one a defeat. Because of my background and I'm obviously very biased towards it in terms of the academy and the structure of the club, the community, I feel like the togetherness could be could be more in terms of integrating this one club approach of yeah, academy players, the coaches, staff being more involved on a daily basis. This is something that will be more behind the scenes and the, the young players in the academy actually seeing, yeah, there is a pathway here, there is going to be players getting involved, getting loads of minutes this, this season for sure. Um, that's not to say they, they have to be ready. There's a few of them ready now. There's a, a different stages, but that is the model that, that, that I've kind of sold and, I've, and I believe is the best for this club. And to find out that everyone behind the scenes is fully behind that, you know, as I said, gives me great encouragement and confidence. Alex, how important does recruitment become though? Because Stevie Hamill might be an excellent manager or a not so excellent manager, but it seems like there's a a team that needs improving as well Well you've got the situation Where he's talking about academies How many teams with academies Bring young players through I mean the only way a young player is going to come through to the game Is coming through the academy If they're in an academy Even at the Rangers and Celtic situation um, I used to help run a boys team Here locally And I would go to away games With the boys and things like that With our subs But you would go to some parks where the likes of the Rangers Academy, they would have some of their boys stand outside the park, their grey flannels and their Rangers uh, um, tie and shirt and, and blazer on, not even getting a chance to be on the park. You know, so the only way you're going to 
bring kids on is we getting them into the scene of the 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 SP uh, the the league situation. Yeah, I mean it's obvious. Stevie Hamill says that everybody knows that's where the spotlight will fall. He's the academy director. Previously, is he going to bring young players mm-hmm. through? But the recruitment is even. Look at the the time frame of this. He's got it's Graham Alexander's team. Yeah. So you, I know Motherwell not exactly awash with money to go out and start blowing apart the transfer window in the last couple of weeks, but there need to be something done in a recruit. Steve, sense. I think the club have acknowledged that themselves Stephen O'Donnell, the most experienced uh, player at the club Said earlier that he believed that Yes, the appointment of the manager was important But even more important was getting other players in People are looking at the model squad and thinking It needs strengthening Thank you very much Alex on the line We'll get the answers to the teaser next Number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard We are in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard but still a whole lot to get through with Hugh Keevans and Kenny Miller starting with the full-time teaser Thanks again to Nikki and Alexandria who sent it in looking for the last 10 non-European goal scorers for Celtic against Rangers or Rangers against Celtic You've got Carter Vickers uh, Tom Rogic Rio Hatati. Alfredo Morelos They're the recent ones Going back a bit You've also got Morris Edu Who else are we getting on? Shunsky Nakamura He's not on the list I'm afraid oh. Not in the last ten And now I'm going to say This man's name Very carefully Because I've heard it Brutalised on this programme This week <laughs> Cha Du Re He's not on there oh. Shadow As he's become <laughs> known Is not on Kamar Roof Yes Jamaican international Kamar Roof Sakala Fashion Sakala Zambian Well done one more guess, maybe. You got anybody Three else here? to get. Sonia Luko? Yes. Oh. Played for Nigeria, didn't he? Yep. So it's worth bearing that type of thing in mind with these questions. Not necessarily country of birth. We try, we don't always manage it, but we try to go for football nationality to, to get. You want to hear from Stephen Robinson? That, does that suit you on a Friday evening? Going man, man in search of a result. Yeah, home to Ross County tomorrow. Here's what he's got on his mind. Yeah, <laughs> he needs his hair examined <laughs> Speaking about Stevie Hamill by the way I should say just for a bit of context In case you're wondering He's not talking about Hugh Evans here huh. <laughs> Yeah, he needs his hair examined um, <laughs> Is all I can say um, People choose to go into this um, you, You've got a Yeah, listen, it's, a, it's a, a good job It's a very good job for your first Your first stint in management um, And I wish him nothing but the best Do you know what I mean? He's He's a boy that's got Motherwell at heart. He's came through Motherwell. And, you know, it's I don't know the ins and outs of what goes on at Motherwell, so I can't really comment on it. But in terms of Stephen as a boy, you know, he'll be, he'll be focused and determined to do well. And, as I say, has that connection with a football club that, you know, fans like. They like that. They like the connection with a football club. So, you know, I wish him nothing but success. A difficult job, management. It's a ridiculous. It's the only job where people take bets when you're losing your job. And, you know, pundits actually crave for you to get sacked and canvas for you to get sacked. So, um, I hope he knows he's what he's letting himself in for. It's um, yeah, it's a crazy world of football. You nasty pundits. Careful now, Stephen. Careful now. Supporters want you to lose your job. The pundits oh, simply write like about drama. it. Tomorrow, two losses for St Mirren versus Ross County. Two losses. It's a relegation decider. <laughs> That reminds me of the, the caller on the first week of the season who said Motherwell's trip to St Mirren was a relegation decider. Motherwell won that, but then lost against St Johnson. Um, look, it's so early in the season, Kenny. Let's not even joke. But if you are St Mirren, you lose a home game to Motherwell, 
who'll probably be there or thereabouts round about you. Not great, but fine. They liked the performance. They clapped them off. Got up to Aberdeen, tough place to go. Man sent off. <sighs> bit of a heavy one, right? Fine. If that's followed up with a home defeat, that's the little seeds would start to creep in because the League Cup campaign wasn't great as well. It's a winnable fixture. That's the way the fans will be thinking tonight. It is a winnable fixture, and it's similar to when you're talking about the response that Dundee United give. The longer it goes without a win, you know, the more, like, I suppose... I mean, mean pressure is the word. I mean, it's not about talking about losing jobs, but as the weeks pass and you've, you've again, you've not got a point on the board or you've not got a win on the board, just the, the demand and the fans start to get a bit itchy because what they don't want to see is they don't want to have their team mm. down there fighting relegation, worrying about that playoff spot because anything can happen there. They would much rather obviously see them yeah. sitting. Pushing into top sixes and 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 by with at least realistic opportunities to go and win mm. football matches. So tomorrow you're right. It's a winnable fixture for them, particularly mm. at home. Stating the obvious a bit, Hugh, but this is why you, you can't be too concerned at this stage, because take Ross County, you're sitting, you know, winless. They've played Hearts away and Celtic at home. Yeah, so there's not, there's not a disgrace to not come away with anything for those two games. By all accounts, gave Hearts a torrid time of it, but could not put the ball in the net, and were then. Six minutes away from getting a draw against Celtic. Uh, I, I do believe that if you're simply looking at the two in paper, Ross County looked the better bet. Uh, but they don't need me to tell them that. The Marvin Bartley derby, you looking forward to that? Livy oh, Hibbs. Well. Remember how upset he was when the teams met last season? Someone annoyed him yes, on the touchline. Yes, that's where pass and move came into the vocabulary. Uh, which is Wasn't so your old pal Gary Caldwell, was it? I don't think no, 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 no. Um, but Lee Johnson, there's a man who can talk. Uh, he has got right out of jail last weekend with that Martin Boyle goal. It has lifted everyone at Hibs. Um, and he will go to Livingston feeling good. I, th- I suspect that Martin Boyle will get more game time. He's become the real tallies man for them. If you arrive, you finish your macaroni and chips and then you go out and you score the equaliser against Hearts after 95 minutes, you'll do for the Hibs fans. So, big afternoon at the Tony Macaroni. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting day, Kenny. You look across the board and that's before the two big games, Kelly Celtic and Hearts Dundee United Sunday. Lots to look forward to. Absolutely, some good fixtures and some important fixtures even at this stage of the season. We've touched on it already. I think Livingston Hibs will be a decent game. Uh, never nice going to anybody going to Livingston, always find it tough. And again, when you look at Hearts Dundee United on Sunday, it's a game that does third and fourth of last year. Mm. Two teams that will, again, managers that have been up against each other a number of times as well. So it's, uh, yeah, that, that looks like a, a quite a mouthwatering fixture. Robbie Nielsen, Lauren Shankland facing oh, yeah. the former team. There's a lot to like about that one as well. That's before you even consider where we started the show with last night's game, a 7 0 defeat for Dundee United. Let's round off with this teaser. We're looking for, is it two more? Uh-huh. Two more non Europeans <clears throat> in the last 10 to score for Celtic against Rangers. Or vice versa. Sakala, Carter Vickers, Rogic, Hatati, Morelos, Roof, Aluko, Edu, two to get gone. Are we far back for Daniel Kuzan? He's not on it. No. Nope. Uh, I'm out then at the moment. Right, you've, you're ignoring your own rule here. I thought you had got on the right path. You were giving me Kamar Roof, Jamaican international, yep. Sonny Aluko. So no, not always... Not always about country of the birth Sometimes football nationality I tried to hammer that point There's a real glaring one Because he's from this neck of the woods But he doesn't play for Scotland 
Oh you'll kick yourself Oh you will absolutely Kick yourself Which club? Rangers I'm just going to Focus on Kenny Miller's face When I reveal this answer Give me an initial (laughs) Plays for Canada Oh Oh, Scotty Arfield Come on Scotty Arfield The last one is tough You try to think If you were playing In this fixture Celtic 2011 One of the great Random Old firm goal scorers If you like This guy This goal was made For quiz questions I think he was a Left back No Moroccan Moroccan I just left the country At this point So I was all You switched off Badir El Kaduri Oh Oh my goodness Not having it Not at all Thank you to Nikki and Alexandria for the question. Thanks, Kenny and Hugh. The biggest thanks every night because we mean it is to you for listening, tweeting, calling and everything else you do to keep us going. We really appreciate it. And you can do it again tomorrow. Gordon, Mark and Hugh in the studio and GBX up next.